Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jackson, and today I'm interviewing Professor Michael Anderson, who is professor at Sydney Uni. He's also the co-founder of the 4C Transformative Learning Organization and author of multiple books and articles, including I have a book here on transforming schools that uh, you wrote, Michael, and then you just told me before you've actually just finished up another one. Yeah, we finished. We've got up the top of um, the book writing hill, and we've we've uh, we've gone crazy and called this book "Transforming Education," just you know, to 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 give it a different feel. But uh, yeah, uh, that should be coming out kind of April next year. But it's a it's it's a real deep dive into the things we actually need to do to transform schools in terms of curriculum, pedagogy, teacher education, values, leadership, the whole lot. So I think people will find it find it very useful in answering the how of transformation there's a lot of you know there's a lot of talk about why transformation's important but this is the how to do it on a day-to-day basis in schools yeah i think it'll be good timing given the recent review of our new south wales based curriculum that's just happened yeah certainly and look i think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of emphasis on the need to transform in that review but again, uh, as so many reviews in the past, there's not much on the how we actually do that. And I think that's that's what we try and get into more and more in our work. All right. So obviously you're all about transforming schools. Why are you transforming them? What are you transforming them towards? So, I mean, I, we were chatting a bit before about how I've loved reading this because it talks a lot about helping students to essentially become lifelong learners um, in, it's got a lot better description of it I guess in in the book uh, than what I just gave then but that's kind of what this podcast is all about too is about getting uh, teachers and helping them to create students that are skilled and ready for life beyond school where they actually can learn because uh, for me I think if students can learn it sets them up to for anything that comes at them with life if you know how to learn you can learn anything uh, basically uh, but can you can you just tell me why why is it so important that this happens? Well, I think we've got a schooling system which is pretty much unchanged from the school I went to, you know, 30, 35 years ago. And the problem is the world's changed exponentially since I went to school. So I don't think it's I don't think it's okay that we still have a school system that teaches uh, in the way that it taught 35 years ago and is organised in the way it did 35 years ago. We've got a lot of research around at the moment, going back to kind of 2013 with the work Frey and Osborne did on the changing workplace and world, and they they were saying back then that 47% of jobs uh, would become redundant. We've had report after report since then that don't agree on the number. They say sometimes less, sometimes more. But what all of these reports agree to is that everything is changing in in terms of the kinds of job market our young people will face. And one of the things, and we did a report uh, at the University of Sydney with uh, John Buchanan called The Best of Times and The Worst of Times. It was a co-production with the Department of Education. And it looked at the role of AI and what we should be doing in education to respond to the changes in the workplace around AI and big computing and cloud computing, et cetera, et cetera. And in the end, what we found is that AI could pretty much replace so many of the things we teach in schools, but it can't replace creativity. It can't replace collaboration. 
it has a hard time replacing communication and it certainly can't replace critical reflection. So all of those human factors that are part of who we are, you know, our heart skills, I suppose, caring and supporting each other and collaborating, and those head skills around creativity, which help us navigate the world, they're the things that we need to, to kind of be focusing on in schools. And of course, when these reports came out, um, schools change and creativity and collaboration, communication, critical reflection became the center of everything we did. Well, actually they didn't, of course. We're still stuck in this kind of, um, this kind of cul-de-sac of testing and, um, and and the HSC running everything and NAPLAN running everything. And I suppose from my perspective, we need to take a reset and a, a rethink about what schools for schools are for. And if they're not for setting kids up for the things that are gonna, you know, they're gonna need to do for the rest of their lives in their relationships, in the world of work, then what are we doing? So that really at the base of it lies a deep, uh, passion to make schools work for the people that it should be serving most, the kids that are sitting in those classrooms and the teachers that have to work and want to work with those kids to give them the agency and the opportunity to do the best job they possibly can. Yeah, that's fantastic. But like you're saying, we have a lot of talk around these things. So uh, the four C's is not new uh, at this point in time, but at the same time, you know, how they're implemented, uh, uh, there's a very huge amount of variation in how they're, they're implemented or if they're implemented at all uh, mm. because, you know, I still see a lot of teaching that's based on content, covering content, got to get through the content, there's too much content here, I don't have time to do anything other than teach the content. So how, how do we do this? How, how do you go about changing so that we actually are implementing these skills that are about our humanity rather than just about um, content? Well, the problem is, uh, as you've rightly pointed out, the four C's aren't new. Actually, someone asked me uh, in an interview the other day whether I'd invented the four C's. Uh, I wish I had. I wish I had invented creativity. Uh, that would be great. But I haven't invented the four C's and uh, neither has anyone I work with. But actually, the problem is, let's take creativity, for instance. Creativity um, is, is this wonderful word that everyone loves. It gets sprayed about. We call them aerosol words, right? It gets sprayed about. It smells fabulous. But when you try and catch it, it's gone. It's like it's nowhere to be seen. So we kind of set about thinking, how could we make it knowable and how could we then make it teachable? So what we did is we came up with what we call coherence makers for creativity, collaboration, communication, critical reflection. And these coherence makers actually have four stages to them. So creativity is noticing, asking why, really why, playing with possibility, and then selecting and evaluating. And all of a sudden, we now have a way to understand creativity, which is pedagogical. So you can apply that in science, maths, music, French, PDHBE, wherever you like. And all of a sudden you have a structure that's not only understand by the French teacher and the German teacher and the science teacher, you've got everybody kind of on the same page about what creativity could be pedagogically. And that of course opens up possibilities to teach across subject areas rather than just within subject areas. So the, the I think our contribution um, 
as far as it's gone so far, is to say, let's make these things understandable so they can become applied in classrooms, not just as aerosol words, but as actually things that you can kind of help students understand the concept through. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Sir Ken Robinson's TED Talk is the most watched TED Talk in the world, and it's all about how creativity in schools and schools have killed creativity, but it doesn't provide, I don't think, much of a solution to it uh, in terms of how to then implement it as a teacher. Yeah, look, I think you're right. I the thing with um, that Robinson TED Talk is uh, two things. I don't think schools have killed creativity. I think schooling systems have tried really hard. I think they've tried, they've done their utmost, and yet, what we see is teachers and students on a daily basis engaging with creativity. But actually what we're looking for is how we un how we unconstrain that, if that's even a word, how we actually make that something which isn't something that is kind of um, just an optional extra, that it's actually something that happens as a, as a right of our young people in schools and our teachers. So, I, I agree, Robinson talks all the time about on a rhetorical level about this, but actually what do you do on a kind of wet Tuesday afternoon with a bunch of year nine kids? That's the question. Uh, and and I think our work's an attempt to kind of talk about that. And, and it's not only our work, what I should say as well is that we've got a network of 50 schools that we're working in partnership with um, over over some of them we've been with one or two years, actually standing side by side doing professional learning and working with them to kind of work on in these kinds of areas to make change possible. Yeah, I think you're probably doing some fairly fantastic work, judging by what I've read so far in this book. What you're talking about, like even like your, your wheels and the way that you come out up with actually being able to identify things to work on with the students. Uh, Try to remember what they're calling they're called competencies or something uh, in that wheel. The yeah, the learning disposition <laughs> wheel. So um, this is the thing that we start in schools with. So so typically we go in and we we start our discussions with staff around the learning disposition wheel, and it's got three areas. It's got cognitive, intrapersonal, and interpersonal, and there's nine dispositions within those. Uh, so cognitive is things like make and express meaning, build new ideas. Uh, interpersonal is empathy and teamwork. Uh, intrapersonal is focus and grit. Uh, this all comes from research, by the way, from the National Academy in the US. But the point of that is that schools aren't just, um, to quote Robinson, a, a kind of a, a, a head-based experience. They are actually about how we relate to each other. Uh, they are about how we grow in ourselves. And of course, they are about thinking. But it's all of those together which makes learning possible. It's interesting. We went to a, a school, a very, effect, a very kind of academically effective school uh, about a year ago, and we were talking about the cognitive, the intrapersonal and the interpersonal. And this school said, oh, well, look, we're very good at the cognitive, but we're not very good at the interpersonal or the intrapersonal. The problem is if you're not good at the interpersonal or the intrapersonal, you're not good at the cognitive. You haven't understood how it all works together. And I think that's one of the things that many teachers kind of uh, come to, that we've kind of often got our well-being or our um, welfare work, and then we've got our academic work, and then we've got our co-curricular work, and we've got our curricular work. These all should be working together. Like, I mean, if you think about uh, the kinds of learning kids get from working in teams, whether it's basketball team, the rugby team, the 
netball team, whatever it is, that learning is absolutely curricular learning, and yet we parcel it off and pretend it's not learning. I, it makes no sense. So I, I think something like the learning disposition wheel has the opportunity to bring all of those kind of concepts together and to help schools understand how to kind of create create learning that 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 uses whatever happens on the netball court or uses whatever's happening in the welfare area to actually help our young people understand that schools are more than just kind of um, what happens in your brain and what happens in your body and what happens between people as well. Okay, so if a teacher's listening to us today chatting about you know transforming schools and how we can go about shifting things so that we're focusing more on helping our students for their future and making sure that they're prepped and um, autonomous learners. What can teachers actually do this week? What, 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 where do they get started in transforming what's happening at the base level? Well, I, I would say the, the, the big thing that we talk about in the new book, Transforming Education, is agency. And it's a, it's a word you hear a lot and it, it's not understood well in schools, I don't think. It's not understood well anyway. And my understanding of agency is the ability for our young people to make their own decisions and the ability for our teachers to make their own decisions about their learning. But also agency is enabling others to make decisions as well. And I would say if you want to start changing what your classroom looks like, start thinking about who has the say in the learning. I'm not arguing that teachers should say, oh, okay, away with everything, I'll just let the kids run riot. It's not what agency is about. Uh, it's about saying, how can we give students opportunities to make choices that are wise, that help them grow, but also help them help them understand that they have choices in the classroom. So for instance, if you are doing uh, a, a, an assignment, it may be that you give students possibilities to follow their, their interests in sports. So they might do something about cricket if they're mad keen on cricket. And by the way, I know this is happening on a day-to-day -day basis in schools, but what if we make it kind of systematic, if we make it school-wide, if we make it an expectation that agency, it's about, you know, me being an autonomous learner, uh, but also having responsibility for that autonomy, that changes things up completely. And I think uh, this comes out of some work that, um, that in psychology, uh, self-determination theory, that talks about three areas that we need to be motivated. And I'm sure many of your listeners know about it. Uh, competency, autonomy and relatedness. So actually that competency is being good at doing something. Autonomy we've already talked about around agency and relatedness is how we relate to each other. Uh, so if we get all of those things in the classroom, that's going to start to make a difference that, you know, uh, and I, I suppose where I would start is through that idea of autonomy or agency. So thinking about how we can share around opportunity to make choices for ourselves and our students. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Michael, for that insight. I think it's very important for us as teachers to be making sure that we're giving students that choice and voice, uh, really, uh, you know, they're the kind of thrown around words, I guess, when it comes to agency um, mm. for them, for the students to actually be able to have that autonomy in their own learning, uh, I think is very important. And even for teachers, I know I particularly responded really well uh, at my current school when my principal finally gave me a lot of autonomy in my classroom. And I think that 
really helped me to progress with my teaching. Uh, and also, I then pass that on to my students as much as I can, because I know it will have the same impact on what they're doing in terms of um, actually I think the differentiation aspect becomes a lot easier when you allow agency because the students yeah. start to do that differentiation for you and what they choose um, and the things that they're interested in and how they decide that they're going to actually go about the process of learning or the product they're going to produce at the end, all that kind of stuff. If they get choice and they get a bit of a say in how that all works, uh, you then see greater engagement and it's differentiating the learning for them. I think, I think it's actually fantastic. Yeah. I think that's right, Dan. But I think uh, the the issue is that that our schools aren't making these things standard practice. Like these these are the things that make the big difference. We know from the research that that these are going to be key to our kids' futures. And yet, what we often see is a kind of a school improvement approach, which I think is akin to kind of fine tuning a steam train. You know, we, we, we want to do the bits that we're already doing better. I suppose our approach is a bit more radical than that. We actually want to rethink all of this to say agency should be standard practice. Creativity should be standard practice. Autonomy should be standard practice. So how do we actually work with schools to move, help them move to a, to a position where that's possible? Uh, and I think that takes kind of working on pedagogy, working on leadership, working on the whole lot. Uh, and that's a long, slow, hard, but I think ultimately joyous process. And that's what we find when we work with our schools. They they start to love the change as well as kind of find it hard because, you know, that, that kind of change isn't easy. But when you start to unleash your autonomy, it be can become quite extraordinary. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Well, Thank you so much for your time, Michael. I really appreciate, uh, you know, you're very busy uh, working on multiple books. I'm sure you've got classes and stuff too that you are also looking after at Sydney. Um, so just uh, for our listeners, if you want to access the show notes or to you know, see the visuals and stuff from this podcast, please come over to teacherspd.net slash 52. I'll have links there. You can go and find Michael. You can go and have a look at the work that uh, the 4Cs Transformative Learning Organisation are doing. I'll have a link to their site from there. And also uh, I'll put up an image and you'll see the image in the video as well of the learning dispositions wheel that Michael was talking about in the podcast. So come over and check that out. Now, of course, don't forget that there is a competition going. Okay, so leave a review of the podcast if you're in Apple. If you're on a system that doesn't allow you to provide a review, provide a review of Teachers PD on Facebook or in Google. Take a screenshot of your review and then come and share it. Post it on Instagram and tag me at Dan Jackson TPD. That's TPD for Teachers PD. Or join the Facebook group, the Effective Teaching Podcast, and share it in there. And if you do both, you will double your chances of winning. And I will give away $330 worth of online professional development to two teachers who win this competition at the end of August. So you've got all this month to do this, but don't delay, don't forget about it. Make sure you get it done. And then I'm looking forward to welcoming two more teachers into the Teachers PD membership. And I will chat to you guys all again next week.